This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 48. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm walking the beach this morning. It's bright and early, about 6 a.m. in beautiful Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia. For those of you not familiar with Ocean Grove, it's about an hour and a half south of Melbourne, getting towards the start of the Great Ocean Road, beautiful part of the world. I'm actually walking this beach. It's called the RAAF Beach, and during the Second World War, it was an airstrip for the Royal Australian Air Force. So it's this long, I'll post a photo in the show notes, but uh, it's a long, long bit of uh, beautiful golden sand, long bit of flat beach. And I'm down here staying with my folks and I thought, I've got this interview that I'd like to, I'd love you to hear with, with uh, First National Chief Ray Ellis. And there's quite a bit of family history, my family and First National Group, my father Bill with Chaz Heath co-founded the group in 1980 and it became a runaway success and is still very much a major dominant player as a real estate brand in the Australian and NZ markets. So I thought while I was here in Ocean Grove I'd play Bill the interview and just get a little bit of feedback and some comments. Interested to learn, I mean I know the story, I thought you might be interested to learn about the early days and the motivation behind starting the group so that's coming up immediately after my interview with Ray. I'm here in Australia for the Australian Real Estate Conference, ARIC, which is on the Gold Coast, May 22-23, Sunday, Monday, the far and away the biggest real estate event in the country. I'm meeting up with my locked-on partners, Aaron Shiner, Luke Newton, Ian French, and we've got a marquee. So if you're listening to this before the weekend, and you're at, at the event, please come along and say hello. We're doing something a little bit radical. We've got a, a cash booth with uh, lots of giveaways, so <laughs> I'll be in there getting photos, trying to embarrass as many people as I can, and uh, having a bit of fun. So that's what it's all about. Um, one final thing I'll mention is that we are about to commence our, what I'd call a soft launch of the updated version of our marketing group, Best Agents. So if you're not familiar with Best Agents, we are a personal marketing system. We provide software systems and support for real estate professionals in Australia and New Zealand. If you're outside those two countries and you'd like to know more, please let me know. Uh, There are about 20 major features in a Best Agents package. Best Agents members get exclusive access to our marketing site called Print Ready Ads. You can check that out at printreadyads.com. Best Agents members get a login and can essentially create their own marketing piece, cards, flyers, letters, etc. So there's nearly 100 designs, I think, in there. The cost of 
designing effective real estate marketing material now with graphics companies etc is extraordinary so this is a free service for best agents members you also get a 40% discount to locked on if you become a best agents member it's the best deal going around at the moment and locked on is about to be relaunched as well an updated version 2.0 which is pretty exciting which is really one of the main reasons why we're at ARIC so that's included with membership you're also going to be getting your own lead generating website you also get your own standalone personal marketing website we have hundreds of proven letters marketing ideas tools etc uh, listing presentations strategies in fact I think the reason why we attract some of the heavy hitters representing every Australian and New Zealand brand as far as I can see we have somebody from every company with our group of nearly 400 members so one of the reasons I think why best agents has been so popular is that unlike any other marketing group we offer postcode exclusivity so if you'd like to see if your postcode is available go to bestagentshq.com it's bestagentshq.com check it out all this information's in the show notes and you'll be invited to obviously see what we're about and if you think we might be a fit you'll be invited to see if your postcode is available and then complete a quick application and it comes to us we'll jump on the phone have a chat and see if it's uh, see if we can work together on this if you think this might be something that you could be interested in we'd love to hear from you okay let's get into my interview with ray and then with my father bill wood well ray ellis welcome to top agents playbook how are you doing Pleasure to be here, Ray, and it's a great to chat to you on the other side of the world, but thank you for the opportunity on behalf of First National to contribute to your sessions. Well, thank, thanks so much, Ray, and thank you for your time. You're in, uh, you're in WA at the moment in beautiful Perth. I think, I think it's just coming up to 6am there, so you're obviously an early riser. What's happening in Perth this weekend? We have our uh, annual awards for the West Australian members and we're in the middle of our award season. Uh, already we've done Sydney, Melbourne and Adelaide, um, Perth, to, Perth tonight and uh, Queensland next week. And uh, the award season around the country has gone very well because, as most people would know, the market on the eastern seaboard has been strong to sensational over the past 12 months. Yep. A few challenging conditions here in WA, but as always in real estate, good officers, good agents always seem to do well, despite the challenges of the market. But uh, it certainly has been an interesting time in WA, but all the signs are that this year, 2016 and 17, will be better than the past 18 months. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting forecast and, um, and, and exciting, uh, exciting to hear that coming from you because... Um, you know, a lot of people uh, are unsure as to where where we're headed. We've had it so good for so long, Ray. I want to um, I I want to get into the nuts and bolts of the First National Group a little bit. But first, let's just start. I normally start my my interviews in uh, or the podcasts, I guess, by just asking my guest a, a little bit of background, a little bit of history. Um, well, well, thank you for that, Ray. I mean, it's my my role as a chief executive is to represent First National our membership, and I thank you for interest in my past. But just briefly, I've been fortunate enough to be the CEO for the past ten years of this great network. Yeah, I have met many friends, many colleagues along the journey, um, and uh, real estate is in the blood of all our officers, and it's certainly in my blood now. But prior to that, I was fortunate enough to work in in America 
in a transportation organisation. And prior to that, I was the CEO for uh, the Melbourne Football Club in the AFL. And uh, in a previous life, I uh, owned and ran my own successful advertising agency, which uh, I floated on the stock exchange in 1999. And uh, that ventured into travel management throughout Asia and Pacific. So without going into long, boring details, a very varied career, um, which has put me in uh, the forefront of changes with the internet coming into the marketplace. And probably the main aspect I've learned over my career is human behaviour and consumer behaviour. Because if you can get that right, of how the consumer will react to various things and new technology and new programs, you'll be able to keep your business at the forefront of that. And that's what we've tried to do at First National, um, make sure that we're well prepared for whatever challenges are coming ahead. Yeah. Because I was at a, I was at a conference in recently in, in the States and uh, the keynote speaker there spoke about that if you look at the failure of lots of big corporations in recent years, most of them were put out of business by competitors that three or four years earlier didn't actually exist. Yep. Yep. So the, the strength of First National, our board, myself and my management team is to look at where the industry is heading. Of course, you can't always get it right. But I suppose my background experience has helped that process. I'm surrounded by good people, good board members, and uh, we try very hard everything we do. Well, um, you certainly do, and and uh, the First National Group um, uh, kind of stands alone in its in in that space from uh, from my observations. And anyway, I mean, uh, so many great great people uh, right around Australia and New Zealand uh, who, who are in, involved in the group. I guess um, with your experience, Ray, and, and time in, in not just our industry but in business in general and with, with, your, with your background, which, you know, you bring a lot to the table, um, have, you ever, have you ever known the world to be changing so fast? Well, of course, the answer to that is yes. I mean, people talk lots of time that for 500 years the world information and technology doubled and then World War One it, it tripled and World War Two it grew every second days or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's, in our industry alone, there, there's not a day where a new app doesn't come out or a new system or a new distribution method or way to do it. And this is a challenge for us as an organisation because our members and our officers I'm not going to say they're daunted by that task or excited by it, but to be in an organisation like First National where we can give them advice on the change, because real estate is a dynamic industry that involves people. Yep. And whilst technology is a big part of the change, how we relate and interact with people is the strength of our offices. Yeah. And partnering with the right technology as the change comes through is our mantra of what we want to achieve. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I'm just continually blown away and, and you know, um, You'd have to wonder if our parents ever thought that they, that uh, you know, things like driverless cars would be uh, would be in our lifetimes. That just there's just so much change change going on, and and it's kind of like it's almost when you build a website, twelve or eighteen months later, it's it's almost obsolete. The change is so so rapid. Well, even what we're doing this morning, Ray. Uh, you're in Canada, I'm in beautiful Perth, Western Australia, and we're talking on our mobile phones, recording it to broadcast it to all your listeners throughout the world. Yeah. And, yep. and it's at no, at no cost to either of us. Yeah. That, that, that concept alone 10 years ago uh, would have been inconceivable. Oh, absolutely. Ray, where do, you think, um, where do you think real estate's going in that sense, seeing we're on this topic of the future? What are the... What do you think are the are the key things? Obviously, the relationship is is sacrosanct, and and you and I know that 
the personal relationship and, and the way we encourage the people that we work with to, to look at that. But where do you see the big changes coming within our industry? Real estate will always be very simple. We buy, sell, lease people's biggest asset, which is either their family home or their investment or their commercial property. Of course, they have a lot more emotional attachment to their family home. And the biggest change I see is not necessarily unique to real estate, but because we are dealing with people and their emotions, it has the most impact. And that is we have to communicate, liaise and do business with people in the way they want it to be transacted. And if that means around the kitchen table at 6 o'clock on a Sunday night, that's what it is. If that means through Facebook or a smartphone or an app, then that's the way it is. The days of businesses being able to dictate how they communicate with their customers are well and truly gone. It isn't clearly evident yet, but it's coming. So the the way we can transact business with people in the way they want to is the biggest change coming into real estate. I mean, it's, it's not uncommon now for... When I say young person, that probably means up to 35 years of age for their transact a real estate transaction and buy a house or investment property without actually ever communicating face-to-face with the real estate agent. Now, that, that, that sounds unbelievable in the context of how our industry has grown up and still exists in many parts today, but that is the way of the world. I mean, it's, 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 it's the same as the online shopping. It's the same as a home delivery of food. People want to be in control of their own way they communicate, and we have to adapt to that. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the consumer is going to make the decision for us, and and I guess we've seen in our industry these these outside groups. And I talk about you know realestate.com.au, REA, and uh, and domain etc. Um, who've who've come into our our industry and 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 now have a controlling uh, play a very large controlling role. How do you see that? How do you see that? Uh, you know, uh, um, changing, I guess, or or going forward, what do you think will happen with that? Well, that, well, that's an exciting part of the mix. I mean, we can, we can all sit around at various stages of our career and say they were the good old days and that how it was and I wish this wasn't here or that's exciting or whatever. We just have to cope with it. And, I mean, there's a phrase now we're interested at the moment that refer to some of those things you mentioned as the disruptors. I don't necessarily share that view. They are part of our industry. And we have to embrace it and work with it and, and make it work better for us and make sure we control our own destiny. We're certainly doing that at the First National Network, and that's why we're trying to give the tools and skills to our officers that they control their data, they control their information, and, and our officers control the way they wish to communicate with it. Yeah. And that's a, cha- that's a changing demographic. Um, it's challenging for some of our principals, let's say the more age of the spectrum like myself and you, Ray, but certainly for our principals and our main salespeople that are 25, 30, 35 or whatever, yeah. they just grasp it like it's it's natural. Because, of course, you know, if, if you're 25, you, you, you've you've had a smartphone since you're 10. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you're probably first day of school took an iPad there. So technology and the way people grab it through these separate mediums, as you mentioned before, is just normal to them. Yeah, what the, what the marketers call a, a digital native, I think. Exactly, um, and so tell me, tell me what's happening, Ray, in inside your group at the moment. Where where is your focus in a in a marketing sense? What what kind of services are your members looking for? Uh, and yeah, where's demand? What's going on? 
Well, then, uh, nothing's changed as in traditional real estate. Our our member office is looking for more listings, more sales, better property management, and the and more profitable business. That will never change. It's as I've, I've put the thrust during this interview, it's how we do it is what they're demanding at the moment. Uh, we instigated a very strong social media campaign in the past two years. We're probably one of the, i uh, reluctant to say this, but it's probably true, one of the world's leading experts in doing social media. Okay. Uh, okay. And we've engaged uh, two or three organisations in the States to assist us with that. And that means our member offices... Uh, with no effort, um, no energy required at all, they can have a comprehensive social media campaign through Facebook, Instagram and all the other devices and that's all automated and happens for them. Of course, greatest success of that is when they combine it with local content and uh, a a smart young person in their office to drive it. Um, But that means the way we communicate with the general community, communicate with potential vendors and buyers, again, as I said before, it's in the way they want to want to receive it. I mean, it's, our traditional industry is there's a letterbox drop. Well, three-quarters of the people live in homes now don't know where the letterboxes are because yeah. nothing gets delivered and mailed to them except probably pamphlets like ourselves. So the social media campaign of Instigated fits in with the, the way the people want to be communicated to. So that's probably the the biggest thing we've done in recent years. But then also we've created a number of products. And if I can give a commercial plug for the main one, it's called First National Utopia, which is a very unique database management system, very easy to operate from a sales point of view. And it puts vendors and buyers in contact with each other the way they want to be again. Again, that thrust of the way we should communicate with people. And that has been our greatest success in recent years. And that was developed in-house by First National by our team and uh, a couple of strong directors who had a passion for that. And uh, it's probably our leading product. And uh, I'd like to say it's the best in the world. That may be a bit grandiose statement, but it's certainly <laughs> the leading product in Australia. Well, you've got to promote it. And uh, I'm going to include a, a link with a little bit more information on uh, on FirstNet Utopia in the show notes. So uh, so people definitely go to the show notes for this episode and uh, and check out that, that product uh, that Ray was just talking about. Um Ray, let me let me unpack. Let me dig a little bit deeper into the social media initiative that because that's an area that that interests me a lot, uh, and um, we've we're just seeing so much going on in that space at the moment. Can you just unpack that a little bit uh, to get into some specifics without giving away too many family secrets? Yes. How, oh, no, how's it actually I'm, working? Give us a give us a paint us a picture at uh, at ground level how how it works with within an office within a within a company. Well, the um, through the if you have a, I'll use the word Facebook. Of course, it goes a whole range of mediums of what, of what social media is these days. Yeah, um, you know, and and we're using the example now by Skype, skyping to each other. It's the same sort of thing. Yep. Uh, what it means is the controller, the login person, the administrator in the local office, be that in Dubbo, South Adelaide, North Sydney, or Townsville. It doesn't matter where. They have certain codes and commands and controls that they're able to go into the program we have and just basically link into whatever they want to do and order automatically goes up. Now, that doesn't sound unique because you can do that in your own lounge room, in your own Facebook account, yep. but it means it, it is a program that is automated. So even if the local person doesn't do anything, two or three times a day, links are going out to their database, uh, their farm, their local community, whatever the phrase is you want to use, that gives information and not specific on real estate because the essence of social media is it has to be social. It can't be a pure business medium. 
And our mantra is, if you're having um, coffee with your friends, what would you be talking about? And you wouldn't spend 25 minutes talking about listings or interest rates, but that would certainly be a component of it. Yeah. So it means three, two or three times a day without any effort whatsoever. There might be some information on how to declutter a home. There might be some information on uh, an animal farm in Africa that's doing some great work. There might be some information on some interest rate movements. There might be some information on how to prepare for your, your sale of your house. There might be some information of, you know, where's the next holiday you should be going on, some nice photos, just good general social information. But the key to it is it happens auto automatically. And then the local person in the office, they're able to drill down and put up the local scout hall information or a forthcoming festival in town or something tremendous that's happened in the office. And again, ease, convenience. And someone we spoke about before that's between the ages of 18 and 35, they just eat that up, probably do it on their phone in their car while they're waiting for the listing appointment to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, well, it's all about, I guess, uh, the content, as, as I call it, the, and, and engaging, our, engaging our market. Um, First, First National, right from, uh, right from day one, has always had a great, um, and I guess that's the model of the group, is, is uh, terrific input from some of the best uh, real estate people in the country. Tell me a little bit about that. How do you guys how do you guys drive the drive the business? Is that at is that at a national board level these decisions are made? We we have a very unique product and a very unique structure in our organization. And I refer it to as the fibre that runs through us. Right. Because our, our name is the first national group of independent agents. And we come together for a common cause. And that's better marketing, better referrals, better systems, better procedures, uh, better opportunity to talk to like-minded colleagues or whatever under the banner of First National. And you'd have first-hand experience of that, Ray, because your father, Bill, is one of the most uh, amazing business people I've met throughout my career. Uh, unfortunately, um, because of Bill's retirement, I, I was at the end of his time when I started with us, whatever, but I, I probably get a chance to chat to him two or three times a year at various events or on the phone or whatever, and his insight into how people do business with people has been a tremendous learning curve for myself, and that is the strength of First National. Our board is made up of our members um, who come from our state councils, who come from our broader membership. So it gives this layer of managerial um, responsibility, um, drive and vision that comes from within. Um, and that, of course, creates tremendous opportunities because real estate people with business expertise uh, are able to drive the structure of our organisation. And uh, I think it makes us unique in our marketplace because of our size, because we are the you know, true national organisation, across also through New Zealand and the South Pacific. But the fact that we're driven by real estate agents for real estate makes us a very vibrant organisation. Yeah, I, um, it's interesting you, you mentioned my father. I, I, I have vivid memories of, of those days. I guess I'm going back to around 1980 and, uh, and the frustration that um, I think so many independents uh, in, in Victoria and as, as we quickly found out uh, right around the country, the frustration that they had with trying to compete with, uh, with the bigger companies and, and the bigger companies back then were not, were not the bigger companies we know about now. It was a lot of the, uh, the wool firms and um, uh, the station, stock and station agents who controlled, I guess, a lot of the lending behind the larger farms and, and stations and things like that. Certainly in, uh, in Swan Hill, where I grew up, uh, that was a big part of it. And I guess the, probably the bond that, 
that formed with those guys. I mean, led by my father and the late Chas Heath, of course, back um, from Gippsland, uh, were certainly very exciting times. And and you know, I'd say without doubt that definitely moulded me and and shaped shaped me and and you know my marketing passions and and things like that because. This was uh, this was something that grew grew like a wildfire. I remember Dad doing so many meetings, and uh, and and there was so much interest, and and it just grew so quickly. So, and it kind of, I like to think it it kind of cherry picked. I think some of the very best operators right throughout the country who who really forged the early days of the group, and 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 you know it seems to me that 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 that. That that quality uh, and that flavour has uh, has endured uh, right through to current day, and and, and exactly, I, I can give you, you know, two very good examples of. It. We just have a new office started with us beginning this year uh, in Newcastle, who now dominates that town with six pages of advertising in the local paper, and the fact that they've been able to join us and still maintain their identity and their independence but seek the best of First National is exactly the vision that your dad and Chaz set up to and it certainly continues today. And a, Another practical example is we have a, a, a new office in, in Melbourne called First National Clapton Project Marketing. Um, I was with them last week and they mentioned the brochures for their campaigns. They used to pay $24 per brochure um, and now through our structure and our alliance partners – and I'll give a plug to our lines partner, Printforce here, they're yeah. able to do that yeah. for $2.40 a brochure. Yeah. Now, you, know, you, 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 you multiply that through the business, and that's just in an economic sense, not a, not a camaraderie and cooperation sense, and that's what we provide at First National. Yeah, definitely the power of numbers and, and economies of scale. So so you're, you're, doing, uh, you're putting in some, some miles and, some, and some, some big weekends and nights. It's the, uh, it's the award season for First National. Tell me, uh, tell me what's going on. Well, I mean, we just recognise achievement. That that that's that's the main thing, and it's always great to see um, the smile on the faces, the excitement, and you know, of course, we recognise top achievers who are our platinum award winners and top offers and top ten. But the the main enjoyment I get is our silver and our gold winners, which is the the commencement of the scale of the progress up to be a top achiever, and. When I see the silver award winners for the first time go up and accept their certificate um, in their first or their second year in the industry or whatever and to be recognised, that always gladdens my heart to see that because you just see the excitement in their face. And at, at the same time, in conjunction with the awards program, because a lot of stuff happens in the early part of the year, even though it's middle March, it's still the early part of the year, through our First National Foundation, we're strong supporters of the Red Cross and Ronald McDonald House. And I think many people are familiar with Ronald McDonald House as an opportunity for you know parents to spend time with their children when they're sick in hospital, and it's a great initiative. And uh, one of their major fundraising campaigns is the Ride for Sick Kids Around Australia. And it's only this week that we had the one in Victoria, which started in Hamilton, went to Ballarat, Bendigo, Gisborne, and then finished in Parkville in Melbourne. And I was fortunate enough to be in Bendigo on Monday to be there with the riders, they weren't so fortunate because it was 38 degree heat and 50 mile an hour head that hot north wind that goes through the Lovely. parts of Victoria, or whatever. Lovely. So yeah. it, was, it was it was tough days for them, <laughs> but the the riders loved it. Uh, there's events in every town. We raise money. We meet some of the parents who've been through the. I'm not going to say the trauma, but the challenges of having their children sick and being away from home or whatever. Um, and 
for the First National Foundation, our writers, and I've got to give credit to uh, Brenton and Michael from Collie and Tilly and Mildura and Matt Leonard from Tweed Sutherland Bendigo and Sharon Warlow from our Sunbury office, their contribution in participating together with Michael Becker from our national office was sensational. Yeah. They enjoy it. They love it. They spend hours on a bike in trying conditions. But if you check on their Facebook sites or their Instagram, the fact that they just do it to support the children and the families going through difficult, challenging times, that when I say warms my heart, that's an under understatement. And that probably reflects the essence of what our organisation is about, local people in the local community doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's what First National is about. And I'm very proud to be its chief executive in that environment. Yeah, it's such, well, it's such an amazing cause, Ray, and a, a big shout-out to those guys and uh, and even the people that we didn't mention who were involved in, in that um, all power to you. It's uh, it's an amazing effort. And um, obviously those groups are, are very grateful for your input. Ray, be, be, I want to wind up in a sec, but let, let me just get off real estate for a sec. I want to tap into your, I guess, your entrepreneurial or, or your business background. Um, if I'm listening to this, and, and most of our listeners are real estate businesses, but we have all kinds of people listening to this, um, what do you think of the what do you think of the essential things in business? Let's 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 perhaps relate it to a real estate office. What are the important things in in your mind that that business owners should be focusing on for 2016? Not just in 2016, Ray, there's only one thing your competitors can't copy. They can copy your ads, they can copy the signboards, they can copy your commission rates, all those sorts of things. They can do the same sort of correspondence. They, they can do all that. But the one thing your competitors can't copy is your culture. And your culture is the way you drive the business yeah. Your culture is the way you prepare your business for tomorrow, not necessarily today. Your culture is the way you treat your staff, employ your staff, reward your staff, and that is the essence of any successful business. And it's a very easy thing to talk about, and it's very easy to put in place, but it's very difficult to actually do it. And if I can get that one consistent message across to all our officers, if you get that right you'll be rewarded, rewarded 10 times by your staff, your customers and your colleagues. And that is where the success of business is about. And the other thing I'd like to mention is all successful businesses identify what the gap in the marketplace is. So when they isolate their competitors, when they look where the local market is, when they spend time with the local council, when they find out what developments are going on, where they get involved in town planning, find out what the gap in the marketplace is, prepare your business for that, and your competitors will be left in their in your wake. That's the exciting thing about business. Yeah, it is. It is exciting, and I think that's uh, I think that's brilliant advice. What What do you think it is that that uh, let, Let's just let's just unpack that for one sec. These these guys and and we've all seen them. These businesses that are brilliantly led. You, and you mentioned Collie and Tierney and uh, and Tweed Sutherland before these 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 amazing you know long term very successful businesses. What what do they have? Do you think that that the majority of businesses don't have? Obviously, I, in the in the culture <clears throat> department. Yeah, I think the first thing is they care. They care about their staff. They care about their customers. They care about their vendors. They care about their place in the in the in the town, and therefore that reflects in everything they do. It sounds a bit soft, I know, to say those sorts of things because no, we're all hard no. businessmen. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to do things. There's all the challenges of the business. But if you actually care, genuinely care, you'll be a successful business. And those 
I'm going to say the majority of First National officers do that, and I'm sure a lot of our competitors do it well. I have to give them a plug as well. But certainly the ones you mentioned, Collie and Tierney and Tweed and Sutherland and lots of our businesses, that's probably the key component of it. Yeah, totally, totally. All right, well, well thank you so much. I, I want to let you go. And just before I do, um, how are the Demons going to go this season, Ray? Uh, the Melbourne Demons are, are looking very good this year. Uh, I, 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 I'm predicting uh, that there's a minimum of six to seven wins, could go up to nine, ten or eleven, and if we win a number of games by less than a goal, might even sneak into eighth or seventh spot. In a, but in a bit of a growth phase, men, do you think? Uh, no, I think the growth, the growth phase is past now. That uh, There's a number of young men that have built up their bodies. They've played 50 or 60 games. They're keen for success. They're hungry. And it's what I was saying before, enthusiasm in business is, is everything. It's the same on the football field. So uh, the days of suffering major losses are certainly gone. And uh, with big Jesse Hogan up front, uh, he's a very exciting prospect. Uh, probably no one more exciting than since Buddy Frank had burst on the scene. Yep. So I'm expecting a, a good season for the Demons. If they sneak into the eight, it'll be fantastic. But just the fact that they're more than competitive now and uh, got a great attitude is the highlight for 2016, which kicks off in two weeks. First game against GWS at the MCG. Let's see a big crowd there and cheer the demons on. Well, I yeah, absolutely, yeah, and go D's. Um, I being geographically uh, removed from, from the situation, <laughs> challenged is correct on a completely different time zone. I don't, uh, I don't keep up with it uh, as much as I'd like. But uh, I was interesting to see. Um, I, um, we were fortunate, uh, my brother David and I, to have Steve Stretch work with us for many years. Um, yep. The uh, the red-headed uh, wingman who could uh, fly down the wing, number 18. And uh, I was interested to see uh, Steve's uh, young guy, Billy, uh, come into the team yep. under the under the uh, father-son rule. Um, what sort of a year did, did Bill have last year? Well, he, he's, he's like all young boys come to the system. He's got the skills, he's got the talent, he's got the heritage. He just needs to get 20 or 30 games under him belt and about 10 kilos. And uh, if he's half the player, his father would be, he'd be very good. Yeah. And, of course, his, 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 his father, Stephen, uh, worked for one of our first national officers in Adelaide for many, many years That's in right. real estate. Yep, yep. There, there, there's been a long, long connection there. So, no, there's high hopes for Billy, but it's like everybody who start out, get the kilos on, get the, get the um, games under you and the world's your oyster. And a uh, big hello to, to Craig and Gary Smith in uh, in Adelaide yeah. as well, uh, where where Steve was as well. So, um, well, Ray, thank thank you so much. Uh, it's been great to chat. I I really loved uh, picking your brain. I, I really appreciate the insights. Um, and uh, have a great time in Perth. Uh, and once I get this interview live, I'll uh, I'll give you the heads up, and you can have first listen. Thanks, I appreciate it, Ray. Appreciate the opportunity on behalf of First National. Enjoy the beautiful summer coming up in Canada and look forward to touching base soon. Thanks so much, Ray. Well, hi, everybody, and uh, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ray Ellis. Uh, It was great to catch up with Ray. Um, That was a couple of months ago now that I did that interview, and I held off uh, releasing it because I wanted to do something that was uh, a little bit innovative, I thought. I wanted to interview my father, who was one of the co-founders of the First National Group, and uh, I'd love you to hear the story. I've heard the story of of how the group started, but I'm staying here with my parents, Bill and Jenny, in Ocean Grove, and uh, I wanted to just quickly ask Bill about the early days of First National and how it all came about. How are you going, Bill? Well, thank you, Ray. Um... The early days were very interesting. I guess we've got to go back to the late 70s when, um, of course, no internet, shaky TV in the bush, 
Um, dust storms? Yeah, plenty of dust. Oh, not so much then. They were in the 40s. But um, the marketing of properties was just such a far cry away from what it is today. Um, we sort of relied on with major rural properties, the Weekly Times and the Stock and Land. Um, but this story sort of goes back to the, to, to the late 70s. Uh, there was a rather large property that, we, that was a very desirable listing, a property in about six or seven lots uh, in, uh, in, in the Mallee, a wheat-growing property, uh, which we were asked to do an appraisal of, which we did, a uh, complete marketing program, because the owners were contemplating going to, or they had made up their mind to go to Queensland, providing they could find the property they want. I'll try and make the story short. They um, were very happy with the appraisal and said, OK, we're off to Queensland. If we find the property we want up there, then we will phone you and get you to market this property near Swan Hill. So we were very happy with that and uh, away they headed and some two weeks later I got a phone call from the vendor saying, yep, we've found the property we want, we want you to go ahead with that program that you've suggested, but we want you to work in conjunction with elders. And I picked myself up, up off the floor and said, why would you want to do that? And they said, well, we, on the way up from Swan Hill going up to, uh, to the Gold Coast where they finished, um, where they bought the property, they said, we've, we've just seen so many signs of elders that we, we'd like to expose our property on a nationwide basis. We like the firm bill. Uh, we've dealt with you for generations, with your, your father and your grandfather beforehand, but we really feel that you can't give this property the nationwide exposure that we desire. So reluctantly, but uh, well, I had no alternative, we went ahead with the program and uh, elders were a good firm and good people in Swan Hill, but it was just... Um, as you'd appreciate, Ray, a conjunction sale uh, where you get you have to do, which we did, most of the work, uh, if not all of it, and then write out a cheque. I shed tears of blood as I wrote out a cheque for half the commission for elders. And I thought, this has got to change. And thinking it through, it's all based on perception. They perceived that, that the um, wool firms, uh, the larger firms, could give them this nationwide exposure. And I thought, why can't we promote the same perception, if not reality, by forming a network of good, solid, leading real estate agents in strategic regional areas, well, at that stage around Victoria, but then uh, around Australia. And uh, so it took off. I went down, I rang up my friend Chas Heath, um, and Chas had a six, um, if not an eight, office network in East Gippsland in those days. And he too was facing the same problem, that they were getting rolled and having to work in conjunction with the larger firms because of the perception. Anyway, we got together and we decided we'd contact um, about half a dozen of the major firms throughout rural Victoria, which we did. They in turn, we had a meeting, they in turn contacted people in their, in their respective regions. And I can make the story go on for a long time, but I'll cut it short. Um, we suddenly found that the that the idea was readily accepted by, um, by the people we got in touch with and almost to, a, to an office. They said, yep, we want to come on board. Let me just unpack that for one sec. Let me just go back just so everybody knows. Your company, your business, Wooden Co. in Swan Hill, which is on the, on the Murray River in northwestern Victoria, for those of you who don't know, uh, was an independent company. Uh, and Chaz Heath's business, King & Heath, in Gippsland was an independent business as well. So your issue was competing with these large 
national groups and there seems to be this perception with with the market and consumers that that bigger is better so so uh, let me ask you back to the sale of the property who found the buyer the little uh, independent company in Swan Hill or the large national elders um, you'll think I'm conceited but the little independent company in Swan Hill but again in those days there was a a policy of aggregation. Farms were getting bigger. Smaller towns, sadly, were dying uh, and farms were getting larger and larger. And of course, most of the, this is in the rural side, most of the larger farmers had the, um, had the infrastructure to handle a further 640 acres, which is in those days a square mile. And it was pretty easy for them to, to buy another, another block because they didn't need another tractor or harvester or equipment. They had it all sitting in the shed at home. And there was this steady aggregation, which is what took place here. And it was hard to convince vendors in those days that their best buyer was often the fellow over the fence who could afford to pay a lot more money for the property than could a person coming from miles away and having to start a new farm. Okay, so thank you for that. As far as the growth of the group from the early days, so we're talking the late 70s, you and Chaz connected and you formed, I think, a steering committee. There was five or six of you, all Victorians. And I think at one stage, tell me about, tell me the story about the first New South Welshman to come on board. <laughs> well, in those days, or at that time, we probably had about oh, 50 or 60 members in Victoria and word got around and it, was, uh, it sort of started off as a, as a rural uh, promotion or rural property promotion, but it, it grew into residential and commercial. And the guys in the city got to hear of it in, the, in Sydney and Melbourne. And we had an application from a fellow in Sydney who wanted to fly down and meet us at Tullamarine to see if he could join the network. And he was the first um, member of First National in... New South Wales, a fellow named Peter Shedd, a nice guy who had an office in Five Dock in Sydney. Now, let me be honest, I'd never heard of Five Dock at this stage, wouldn't have been able to find it in a, with a map. And uh, he came down, met us, uh, and we did some homework, uh, and we, we agreed that he would be our first member in New South Wales. Now, in those days, we had a Wednesday morning session on 3SH, the local radio station in Swan Hill, and I was full of First National and full of promotion on what we could do for, for vendors. And I got on the air and thrashed this idea of the network, how we could be of service to people with properties all, ultimately all over Australia. And got back to the office and there's a message that uh, a lady had phoned from Menangatang, which is about 40 miles out of Swan Hill in the Mallee. And would I ring her back? And I did. And she said, I've just heard your session on the radio. And I wondered if you could help me. I've been appointed executor to sell a property in, in the Sydney suburban area and I don't know anybody and uh, I don't know what to do. And I said, where is, the, where is the house? Residential property, where is it? And she said, it's in a little place called Five Dock. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Wow. And what a, uh, what a coincidence. Anyway, um, again, to shorten the story, um, our new member was absolutely delighted. He handled the property and handled it well. She got a good sale. She was able to um, get some support from people she knew. We got a referral commission out of it. So it was a win-win situation for everybody. And that's sort of what, uh, again, another aspect of where the network is working. 
on the referral side. In the early days, did you perhaps underestimate the interest from agents, from other independents, uh, ultimately around Australia? Because it grew pretty quickly once it got going, didn't it? Yes, it did. It was picked up by the, by the residential agents, which amazed me because I was, I was surprised that they would feel that the network could be of benefit to them marking residential property. But uh, again, the perception bit came where people who owned a house thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to market this uh, where we might find a buyer from Udnadatta that's going to pay us 10% more than the local market can, can find. And uh, then the, the other thing that appealed to members was the referral network. The, um, at, those stage, at that stage, we were having conventions with some pretty good public speakers, but we were giving exclusivity to the respective agents as they came on board, exclusivity to their postcodes, uh, and that was very good in that uh, they were very happy to share their expertise and there was this uh, exchange of solutions and problems amongst our members because they'd know and everyone was hoping that the guy sitting next to them at a seminar would make a million dollars, whereas in the RESI, as it was then, now the REIV, with those seminars, you're sitting next to quite possibly your opposition and you're not going to part with information sure. that you can with a team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been quite a journey. It must be with um, some pride that you look back and you see the uh, national presence in Australia and New Zealand of the First National Group today. So I just want to say thank you for, for sharing those stories and um, uh, congratulations uh, on the success of the group. Thanks, Ray. As we speak, there's a First National Seminar taking place in Cairns and they've got several hundred members from Australia and New Zealand at the seminar. Unfortunately, I couldn't be present, uh, but it promised to be a uh, a pretty good seminar, as they always are, or, or convention rather, a national convention um, that I understand was being, the numbers were very, very gratifying and uh, just wish I was there. Well, I'm going to uh, get this live shortly and we'll, we'll, we'll make it live before the weekend and if you're a First National member listening to this, you've just heard the story of, uh, of the birth of the group. So thanks again, mate. Pleasure, Ray, and good luck. been listening to the top agents playbook podcast for show notes from this episode recent podcasts and lots more go to topagentsplaybook.com